Podcast Episode 3 Story 1 The Blind Maiden Website Rock On Synths by DJ 4AM Now the Blind Maiden Website There is a website that offers its users the choice to experience the ultimate horror. This website called blindmaiden.com is supposedly a site dedicated to a doomed spirit that will enter the home of people who have viewed that site. So I guess this site is basically, uh, it's like a website where people post up messages like, hey Jason, come on over, and I'll be like, alright, yeah, okay, it's cool, I'm totally doomed, I'll just come over. Just come over because I'm doomed. There is an app for that. However, no matter how hard you try, your browser won't allow you to enter this site. You see, to access this site, you must wait until exactly 12 a.m., making sure that the night in question is a new moon night. Possibly even a new moon on Monday. I think that actually puts a little extra stank on it, shows you got some style. You must be on your own in your own home with all the lights turned off. Only when these conditions are met will you be granted access to the site. As soon as you enter, you will see a montage of pictures being displayed quickly. These images are of boys and girls without eyes and faces that are twisted in tremendous fear. After that, a text will appear on the monitor saying, hold on, hold on. You will see a montage of pictures. These images are of boys and girls without eyes. Oh, and their faces are twisted. See, I was like, okay, there are images of boys and girls without eyes and faces, but their eyes and faces are twisted in tremendous fear. That is, that doesn't even follow the laws of physics or science or stuff. Okay. Uh, this website will take you to a whole new level of horror. A horror that will use all five of your senses. You must be very careful not to click on anything by accident. You will be faced with a real experience of absolute horror. Click the accept button to engage. Engage. I meant to say engage. Click the accept button to engage actively in the experience. Alright. If you click decline, you'll make my brothers rewind. Now, uh, if you click decline, you will be rewarded with access to the entire archive of these gruesome images. Why would you want that? People with no faces, with their faces twisted in horror, that's just like, um... The ghost that wasn't there? I don't know, I'm trying to think of any bad 50s, 60s movie with like a clever title, that, but after a couple seconds you realize it's just dumb. <laughs> the Invisible Ghost. <laughs> So what was it need? Shit like that. I think actually that movie, is that the one where the synopsis is, uh, uh, it's about people having problems with an invisible shrieking dinosaur. I believe that's what that movie was. The Invisible Ghost. Don't quote me on that, but 
pretty sure I'm right about that one. If you click decline, you will be rewarded with access to the entire archive of these gruesome images. A gore site, pretty much. Click accept, however, comma, and there will be no turning back. It puts the lotion in the basket. You have sealed your fate, and trust me, you will experience the ultimate horror. Upon accepting, you will see a sinister silhouette walking towards your home on your monitor. Oh, hell no. I don't like anything walking towards my house on my computer. I don't want to see my, my computer. Better not be showing me nobody walking right out to my house. Nuh-uh. Mm -mm. That is too much. Like that one episode of Night Gallery with, with Roddy McDowell, the one where he's like a total jerk and he offs his uncle and there's a painting in the living room of the graveyard that's outside and he sees his uncle come out of the grave in the picture and it keeps like progressing towards the front door then the front doorbell rings and then he goes bah! and then Ossie Davis is rich all of a sudden you will then see your own back on the oh, no. see this is this is jacked this is okay let's I'm, okay I'm sorry I'm just gonna go okay upon accepting you will see a sinister silhouette walking towards your home on your monitor the spirit will then approach and enter the same room as you are you will then see your own back on the monitor and you will feel a presence behind you. Suddenly, you will feel someone tapping on your shoulder and as you turn around, you will see the blind maiden's face and scream in terror. And that will be the last thing you will do, comma, as she will then kill you. Blind maiden don't play. She's there to kill you. The blind maiden will then pluck your eyes out and take a photo of your face. Instagram that shit all over the motherfucking shit. Blind maiden, motherfucking world star hip hop, blind maiden. The Creepy Podcast, episode 3, story 2, A Simple Demonic Ritual, read by Vlad B. and Leela, since by DJ 4AM. Eastern Standard Time on October 5th, 
a shingle from the roof of a burned down church. Easy enough. Comma, and seven other indistinct and impossible to find items. Huh? Just kidding. Okay, this time it actually did say that. That wasn't me messing up. Like, I wasn't, I didn't improv that. It actually says, comma, and seven other indistinct and impossible to find items. Ha, huh? just kidding. Ooh, you come from the HP Lovecraft school of kidding, don't you? Indescribable, impossible things, but they're gross and they're trying to touch you. Ooh, gross things touching you. We like to joke around down here. It's encouraged. All you need for this ritual is your living body, assuming you're still in possession of that. This ritual can be done at any time, in any place, but I suggest you do it somewhere private, simply to avoid looking odd to passing strangers. And honestly, if we're actually writing a ritual from a realistic perspective, I think that is very, very responsible advice. Because you are putting ideas into the heads of people who might actually do this stuff thinking it's real. It's already happened before, so yes, be responsible. Yes, do it somewhere private, safe. Maybe have someone watch you, you know, like a buddy, like like a drug buddy, you know, looking out for the cops. Find your place and close your eyes, assuming you have eyelids. If not, don't bother. It doesn't matter either way. Begin thinking of the worst thing you've ever seen. If all you've seen are fluffy kittens your whole life, just try to think of the least adorable of them. God, the least adorable kitten. I love cute kittens, but I hate ugly kittens. I just want to see The creator of this ritual loves fluffy kittens. It says that too. I'll just run this line back for you. Find your place and close your eyes, assuming you have eyelids. If not, don't bother. It doesn't matter either way begin thinking of the worst thing you've ever seen. If all you've seen are fluffy kittens your whole life, just try to think of the least adorable of them. The creator of this ritual loves fluffy kittens. Once you have that thought in your head, say in your mind, I give you this. After that is done, nothing will happen. Open your eyes again. Assuming you had eyelids to close them with, ha ha. Dispel all thoughts of slightly adorable fluffy kittens, comma, and go about your busyness. Days will pass, months, perhaps years, if you look at that it is, eventually you'll die. That's right, you'll die. It happens to everyone. It won't be an odd death involving lots of pentagrams and mysterious disappearances and the like. It'll just be a normal death, getting hit by a car while walking across the street perhaps, or maybe just passing away peacefully in your sleep. Your eyes will close gently. Those darn missing eyelids. Comma, and you'll slip off into death. You'll be warned. I'm sure most people are.
afterlife. Arriving there is boring for most. <laughs> I can't impress anybody anymore. The whole climbing up a staircase into the clouds takes a lot more time than you'd think. It's a good thing that we have those, those silly little phones that cost like three grand now, because like that's when you're gonna need them when you're climbing into heaven, because it's really fucking far. Seriously. Like Solomon tried to build that temple, and he had enslaved demons to help him, and they couldn't get it done, because it's fucking far, okay? It's super high, like it's way higher than airplanes and and astronauts and stuff, and and, and really it's tricky. You have to navigate in a certain way because it's just um, mysterious ways. The whole mysterious ways thing, you know, it's that U2 song, basically. <sighs> now, the afterlife. Arriving there is boring for most. The whole climbing up a staircase into the clouds takes a lot more time than you think. You'll arrive at the gates of heaven, pass through them, grab a pair of wings and a halo, etc., etc. You'll be there for a bit doing whatever people in heaven do. Skip, skip, skip. Swinging off clouds and scaring birds or something? I don't know. <laughs> this is, this is, I like this one. This one's cool. <laughs> oh, this is a, this is wonderful sarcasm. I have to say kudos, kudos. The delicious, uh, probably now not made anymore, uh, kind of granola bar thing that I used to eat back in the day. They were delicious. And so was this pasta. Even though it's supposed to be pronounced pasta, but paste tastes pretty good too. This is pretty good tasting paste right here. Kudos for your creepy pasta. But then one day, it'll all change. The colors of heaven will grow muted. The sounds will be dampened. The smells dissipated. The clouds under your feet will scatter. Karma and you'll fall down to earth. There you'll hit the ground. Right above your grave. apart as your body comes out to meet you. Interred only moments before, it will be in near perfect condition. As your soul and your body meet, it will lose anything wrong with it. Scars and blemishes erased, injuries healed, those pesky eyelids growing back. You know, I thought that was like an if thing. Why do you, I, I think whoever wrote this though, it has a weird thing with eyelids. Like, I remember there was a magazine that was like a, or it was a book of, um, when I worked at Tower Records back in the 90s, uh, we used to carry a book called The Encyclopedia of Strange Sexual Practices. And, and the one that freaked me out the most, because we had a lot of free time there behind the register to look at stuff like that, was eyeball looking. So I think this person right here has some, like, you know, accelerated, uh, you know, because things go in, uh, what, what do you call that? Exponentially. Because things, you know, they grow exponentially, like, eyeball looking comes to some kind of weird, like, no eyelids at all because they've been cut off kind of fetish. That's just like, Dude, dude, you'll be rejoined with your body, comma, and will be well and truly alive once more. 
taking those few moments of time to think about the worst thing that had happened to you had earned you an entire life. I'm sure you're waiting to hear the bad thing that'll happen. Maybe your body will rot as though we're still dead. Or you have to stay alive forever. As the universe is destroyed and you float through nothingness all alone, well, I'm proud to alleviate those fears, saying that no, nothing bad will happen to you. You'll live until you die again, comma, and when that happens, you'll enter into heaven once more, this time permanently. The only difference being that this time, when you die, the memory of that terrible thing to happen to you, that memory you used during the ritual, it will be gone. You have forgotten it, which comes as a relief to many. Of course, the question now is, what happened to that memory? Well, that's the business of the demon you sold it to. Perhaps he'll use it to torture others with horrific nightmares, comma, or study it to learn new nuances of fear he can use, comma, or any number of demonic things that you can do with such a memory, period. I have heard that he's attempting to build a weapon with these. Something he can use against humans. <laughs> Something that could kill them all. These are just rumors, <laughs> comma, and what are the chances your memory will be the one to bring about the fall of mankind? <laughs> so go ahead, try this simple demonic ritual. Categories, ritual, and then demon slash devil, forward slash, if you're, if you're curious. But, uh, here's a, <laughs> here's a comment. I love how it actually makes sense. <laughs> Humorous and yet ominous. Humorous, comma, yet still sort of eerily ambiguous. Uh, okay. So, yeah, go ahead and feel free to try that. I'll totally, I endorse that, and I take full responsibility for any terrible thing that happens to you, and I'm just kidding. The Creepy Podcast, Episode 3, Story 3, A Story to Scare My Son, Since I 4 in the Morning. A Story to Scare My Son. Son, we need to have a chat about internet safety. I slowly crumpled down on the floor next to him. His laptop was open and he was playing Minecraft on a public server. His eyes were locked into the action, probably rolling back in his head. Comments scrolled down the side of the screen in a chat box. Son, can you stop your game for a minute? He exited the world closed the laptop, comma, and looked up at me. Dad, is this gonna hurt like last, I don't know. Dad, is this gonna be another cheesy, scary story? 
What? I thought you liked my pizza horror fiction. I, I'm moving on to cheesy bread. What? I faked hurt feelings for a second, comma, and then he grinned. No. What? I faked hurt feelings for a second, comma, and then grinned at him. I thought you liked my cautionary tales. He grew up listening to my stories about children who encountered witches, ghosts, werewolves, comma, and... Trolls. Like many generations of parents, I used scary stories to reinforce morals and teach lessons about safety. Wow, what a dick. Single dads like me should use all the parenting tools at their disposal. What's wrong with beating them? Might as well just beat him. Mm -hmm. no, you just... You know, give him anxiety disorder for the rest of his life because, you know, there's a killer outside waiting to, you know, gut him if he doesn't do the dishes. He scrunched his face a little. They were fine when I was six, but now that I'm getting older, they don't scare me anymore. They seem kind of silly. If you are going to tell a story about the internet, can you make it really, really scary? I squinted at him incredulously. He folded his arms. Dad, I'm 10. And I'm really a woman. Dad, I'm 10. And I hate sports. Oh, yeah. That's, that's not what it says either. Dad, I'm 10. And I can handle it. That might be the worst one. Hmm, okay, I'll try. I began. Once upon a time. Because every time you have a scary story, it always starts with... Once upon a time. <laughs> Is there any truly scary story that... Well, actually, I bet the original Grimm's fairy tales were kind of like that. But did they start with that? Those guys were language terrorists. I mean, I, they probably weren't. Once upon a time, there was a boy named Colby. His expression indicated that he wasn't impressed with the terror of the introduction. Wonder why? He sighed deeply and settled in for one of Dad's cheesy stories. I continued. The pizza oven was hot. Way too hot. And as John went to put the pizza in, his flesh dripped from his hands all over the pie. Colby went online and joined several children's websites. After a while, he started talking to other kids in his flesh dripped from his hands game and on the message boards. Hands all over the pop. He made friends with another 10-year-old boy named Hands All Over the Helper 23. Helper 23. They liked the same video games and shows. They laughed at each other's jokes. They explored new games together. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Hands all over the full snack over the... After several months of Hands friendship, Colby gave Helper 23 six diamonds in a game they were playing. Now is that code for something? Cause that's hands a lot of diamonds. Uh, this was a very generous gift. Colby's birthday was coming up and Helper 23 wanted to send him to a hat. 
Colby's birthday was coming up and Helper 23 wanted to send him a cool present in real life. Colby figured it wouldn't hurt to give Helper 23 his home address as long as he promised not to tell it to any strangers or hands grown-ups. Ew. Grown-ups. Hands all Helper 23 swore. Shit, fuck, crap, get. No. Helper 23 swore he would not tell anyone else, not even his own parents, comma, and set about mailing the package. I paused the story and asked my son, Do you think that was a good idea? Hands hollow. No, he said, shaking his head vigorously. No. In spite of himself, he was getting into the story. Yeah, I feel like whoever wrote this... Yeah, actually, I'm going to write the story that's like never-ending story. No, not never-ending story, sorry. Princess Bride, that's the one I meant. It's like Princess Bride. <laughs> but he's like, Princess Bride should have been scary and about the internet. Hmm. I'm going to read you a bedtime story. No, Grandpa, I don't like your bedtime stories. They're old tiring. Hands well, this time it's about the interwebs. So there was a poor farmer on the interwebs, and his crops were failing. Hands hollow. Well, this time... I paused the story and asked my son, Do you think that was a good idea? Do you think that was a good idea? No, he said, shaking his head vigorously. In spite of himself, he was getting into the estuary. Well, neither did Colby. Colby felt guilty about giving away his home address. Maybe he just felt stupid. And his guilt began to grow. And grow. By the time he put on his pajamas the next night, his guilt and fear were larger than anything else in his life. So his guilt and fear were like two and a half inches at best. He resolved to admit the truth to his parents. The punishment would be steep, but it was worth it to have a clear conscience. He squirmed in his bed. The punishment would be steep, but it was worth it to have a clear conscience. He squirmed in his bed as he waited for his parents to talk. Okay. Sorry. There's so much weird subtext in this to me, though, just because I grew up in Fresno, so... He squirmed in his bed as he waited for his parents to... Talk. My son knew the scary part was coming up. In spite of his tough talk, he leaned forward, wide-eyed. I spoke quietly and deliberately. He heard all the noises of the house. The washing machine bounced around in the laundry room. Branches scraped against the brick outside his room. His baby brother freebased in the... His baby brother cooed in the nursery. And there were some other noises he couldn't quite pinpoint. Finally, his dad's footsteps echoed down the hall. Hey, Dad, he called out nervously. 
I have something to tell you. His dad stuck his head in the doorway at a weird angle. In the darkness, his mouth didn't seem to move. And the eyes were all wrong. Yes, son? The voice was way off, too. Are you okay, Dad? The boy asked. <laughs> Sung the father in his strangely affected voice. So he sounds like an American Idol contestant. <laughs> Colby pulled his covers up defensively. Um. Is Mom around? Here I am. Mom's head popped into the doorway below Dad's. Her voice was in a natural falsetto. Were you about to tell us that you gave our home address to Helper 23? You shouldn't have done that. He told you never to get out our personal information on the internet. She continued. He wasn't really a kid. He just pretended to be one. Do you know what he did? He came to our house, broke in, comma, and murdered both of us just so he could spend some time with you. A fat man in a wet jacket emerged into the child's doorway holding the two severed heads. Oh, so he was like totally puppeting them. <laughs> Let's just backtrack that for a second. That's, I, I like this sentence. I think we need to savor these words in this sequence. A fat man in a wet jacket emerged in the child's doorway holding the two severed heads. Colby shrieked and gasped as the man dropped the heads on the ground. So clumsy. Unsheathed his knife, comma, and moved into the room to work on the boy. <laughs> My son screamed too. He twisted his hands defensively over his face. But we were just getting started with the story. After several hours, the boy was almost dead and his screams had become whimpers. The killer turned off the non-stop barrage of American Idol and Fox News and then began to stab the boy. After several hours, after several hours, the boy was almost dead and his screams had become whimpers. The killer noticed the wailing of a baby in another room and removed his knife from Colby. Oh, that's nice of Colby to hold the knife for him. He's the real helper. This was a special treat. He had never murdered a baby before and was excited about the prospect. Helper 23 left Colby to die and followed the cries through the house like a homing beacon. In the nursery, he walked to the crib, picked the baby up, comma, and held it in his arms. He moved towards the changing table to get a better look. But as he held the baby, the crying died down. The baby looked up and smiled. Helper 23 had never held a baby, but he gently bounced in his arms like a pro. 
He wiped his bloody hands on the blankets so he could stroke the baby's cheek. Hey there, sweet little guy. The beautiful rage of sadism melted into something warmer and softer. He walked out of the nursery, took the baby home, named Hans all over, named him William, comma, and raised him as his very own all over the pot. After I finished the story, my son was visibly shaken. Between ragged staccato breaths, he stammered, I gave him a classic dad wink and hands there. Of course it is, son. <laughs> William ran up the stairs to his bedroom in a fury of sobs. But deep down, I think he liked this. Hands. It's just another example of dads being jerks. My stepdad had this hands Halloween mask that he used to just make me hat myself. He loved to just put that hat thing on and just walk through the house. That's all he had to do was just put it on. And I'd be like, Nyog! you know, I, you know, I was a really like Freddy cat kid. I slept with the lights on. He like hands. Yeah. Okay, the categories Reddit pastas. Good, that's a good one. Computers and internet. Uh, that's very relevant. Dismemberment? Yeah, I, yeah, okay, the heads came off. And, ooh, mental illness. That's a good one. I'm going to have to explore that one later. This story is credited to Oven Fiend. O V E N. I got it wrong. This story is credited to Oven Friend. O V E N F R I E N E. Creepy Podcast Episode 3 Story 4 The Whole Neher Series Part 1 Music from the score to the thin Bahinirio Morikoni Express in Knoes Before to the Hill So basically, uh, I don't know where the uh, the Holders series originated, but for some reason I find it fascinating. There is a separate website that houses, from what I understand, is the definitive collection of, of the Holders series and all the offshoots and everything. And it's the holders.org. But here's the thing, the series list, it goes from one to, uh, let's see, three, four, five... 145 then it skips ahead to 1002 and then 2538 so that's 547 separate
Holders series entries. Intermittently through this podcast, I am on a quest to read all of these. For some reason, like I get on these weird rabbit hole tangent falling down the well like baby Jessica kind of, uh, you know, scenarios, you know, and uh, I always forget where I left off, but now I'm going to have a record of it. We're going to get through this. You and me and the demons inside both of us. So that's like 72 people are going to get through this together. You ready? All right. We're starting with number one, the holder of the rear, uh, the holder of the end. In any city, in any country, go to any mental institution or halfway house. Oh wait, gosh darn it! We need to pause here for a second because I didn't tell you what my mo for this is. They're so gosh darned mother trucking, son of a biscuit eating, fargan bastage. Many of these that. Uh, well, how could I possibly, how can I, how can I schedule this? It has to be very organic. So here's the thing. I'm just going to read these until I pass out. So, uh, in any city, in any country, go to any mental institution or halfway house in, you can, what? In any city, in any country, go to any mental institution or halfway house and you can get yourself two words on the page. I mean, screen. Sorry, I'm old school. When you reach the front desk, ask to visit someone who calls himself the holder of the end. Make sure you never allow him to be behind you, lest he be the holder of your end. Should a look of childlike fear come across the worker's face, you will then be taken to a cell in the building. It will be in a deep hidden section of the building. All you will hear is the sound of someone talking to themselves. Echo the halls. With bows of crazy fa-ra-ra-ra-ra. Ra-ra-ra-ra-ra. It is in a language that you will not understand, but your very soul will feel unspeakable fear. Should the talking stop at any time, stop and quickly say aloud, I'm just passing through, I just wish to talk. If you still hear silence, flee. Leave. Do not stop for anything. Do not go home. Do not stay at an inn. Do not go to the 7-Eleven for a Slurpee and some snow cones or whatever, snow globes or whatever those gross coconut freaking hostess things are. Ugh. Don't get the Homer Simpson donuts. Just keep moving. I know there's a Taco Bell about a mile up, and there's an In-N-Out, like about, it's just off the freeway, but seriously, just keep going, okay? Do not stop for anything. Do not go home. Do not stay in an inn. Just keep moving, comma, and sleep where your body drops. You will know in the morning if you've escaped. If the voice in the hall comes back after you utter those words, continue on. Upon reaching the cell, all you will see is a windowless room with a person in the corner, speaking an unknown language, comma, and cradling something. The person will only respond to one question. What happens when they all come together? Why do we care what happens when they all come together? The person will then stare into your eyes and answer your question in horrifying detail. Many go mad in that very cell. Some disappear soon after the meeting, comma, and a few end their lives. But most do the worst thing. 
comma, and look upon the object in the person's hands. You will want to as well. But be warned that if you do, you'll see the ugliest penis. You will want to as well. But be warned that if you do, your death will be one of cruelty and unrelenting horror. Exactly. That's exactly where I was going. It tied it up in a, in a nice G-rated version. Your death will be in that room by that person's hands. That object is one of 538. They must never come together. Never. Next object. The holder of the beginning in any city. In any country, go to any mental institution or halfway house you can get yourself to. When you reach the front desk, ask the clerk for permission to visit someone who calls herself the holder of the beginning. A small smile will work its way over their mouth, almost as if to say, You fool! You will then be taken down a long hallway, long enough that you would expect it to lead outside of the building, yet in clear violation of the laws of space and physics. What is it, gang? Starts with an F. Physics. It instead leads deep into the heart of the institution. The hall will be forever silent, even if you try to make some noise. Screams will die before leaving your mouth, comma, and footsteps will be muffled. In lieu of speech, your guide will simply point to a door. Beyond it lies a cozy room filled with the pleasant yet unidentifiable perfume. I can't, yeah. I, I had it there for a second, but yeah, okay. Beyond it lies a cozy room filled with the pleasant yet unidentifiable perfume. At the room's center, a beautiful woman holds her empty arms as if cradling something. The room will remain just as silent as the hallway that led to it until you ask a singular question. Why were they separated? The woman will then explain in excruciating detail every horrific event in history. No travesty in the history of the universe will escape your ears. When she finishes, all will fall silent, comma, and you will be free to leave. It is up to you to do what you will with this information. That woman is object two of 538. The woman? It is up to you if they should be joined or not. Now, it, I gotta drag an old dead lady around, and that's number two of 538. It's time to reevaluate our priorities here, but okay, let's just... We'll go to number three here. This old lady's fucking heavy. In any city, in any country, go to any mental institution or halfway house you can get yourself to. When you reach the front desk, ask to visit someone who calls himself the holder of eternity, 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 eternity. A sigh might escape the worker as they look upon you with the utmost pity. They will take you down a flight of stairs that you might expect to lead to the basement. They don't. They ain't leading the basement, yeah. As you press deeper, oh, jeez, God, and deeper into the underbelly of, oh, of the institution, you will begin to hear a chorus of screams. Of course you will. Ah, it's too deep. At first, it will be barely audible. At, oh, stop it. As if originating from a point of a or great 
distance away. But as you approach the end of the hallway, the screams will grow, will grow clearer and more thunderous until they drone so loudly as to consume all other noises. The din will quickly become so painful that you will feel the unrelenting urge to claw at your own ears to escape it. Resist this impulse. The worker, stoically enduring the cacophony, will show you a door. As swiftly as they can, they will unlock it and run, leaving you alone in this cramped, dark hallway. This will be your last chance to run. If you decide to continue, open the door. The piercing wail will end abruptly, leaving your ears ringing. The room you will enter will be coated in almost <laughs> tangible darkness that consumes all but the far wall. That's okay, that is, that's some strange language. Let's read that sentence. Yeah, I'm a bit confused. Dark hallway. This will be your last chance to run. If you decide to continue, open the door. The piercing wail will then end abruptly, leaving your ears ringing. The room you will enter will be coated in an almost tangible darkness that consumes all but the far wall. Manacled to that wall is an emaciated figure covered in raw lashes. Cover girl. Stared directly at you with a maniacal grin plastered to his face. Clairol. Seemingly undisturbed by his festering wounds and the scalpel rammed into his chest. Ooh, oh, party foul. The only way to save yourself from this man's dark designs is to ask, who created them? He will cackle in a manner befitting the death throes of an animal. I don't know what happened. That's what animals sound like when they die, right? Because it's old yellow, that's the only reference I have. I don't really watch animals die ever, so... He will cackle in a manner befitting the death throes of an animal before responding. I might pass out soon, honestly. Goodness, whoa. These things are making me dizzy. That's what they always do. They make me dizzy. <sighs> okay. He will cackle in a manner befitting the death throes of an animal before responding. His will be the most horrific tale you have ever heard. Beyond such primitive concepts as pain and death, it will delve deep into the very essence of evil. Those of weak mind would go mad hearing it. And they do go mad hearing it. When he finishes, it will be up to you to release this man from his terrible burden. Remove the scalpel, and he will shudder once in agony before falling silent forever. That scalpel is object three of 538. It is up to you if the rest should be protected or destroyed. But really, we haven't even addressed the issue of like, I'm dragging around a dead lady as number two. I got 538 things I gotta get. Why one of them gotta be a dead body? Like for real. That's heavy. Like for real. Okay. Next objectification. The holder of nothing. Then why are we even visiting this person? The holder of nothing. In any city, in any country, go to any mental institution or halfway house you can get yourself to. When you reach the front desk, ask to visit someone who calls herself the holder of nothing. Should a look of sheer primal disgust mar the worker's expression, you will then be taken to a separate building 
one that appears to be old. Wooden outside. Inside will be a seemingly endless corridor that far exceeds the length of the outhouse. <laughs> the corridor will be completely silent. Attempting to make any sound at the wrong time is a grievous, lamentable mistake. You will notice the lights in the corridor are getting brighter and brighter as you make your way toward the end. Eventually, you will find yourself blinded by the brilliance. If, at any point, the lights go out, quickly shout out, No! Stop! What you are doing is wrong! While backing away. If the lights do not come back on, Pope for the door you came in through! That's right. Popo can't stop me. It should still be open. Hopefully you aren't far enough down the hallway for it to close on you. If it does close, an eternity in hell would be preferable to what you will suffer. If the lights come back on, continue walking down the corridor. At the end of the hall lies a cell. The worker will open its door for you while glaring at you in disgust. Inside the cell will be a mad pastiche. <laughs> you used the word pastiche. Kudos. Yeah, obscure uh, granola bar snack to you. Kudos. Okay. Well, let's not butcher the language. Let's, let's, let's go back to it. If the lights come back on, continue walking down the corridor. At the end of the hall lies a cell. The worker will open its door for you while glaring at you in disgust. Inside the cell will be a mad pastiche of colors, arranged in several harlequin-like formations. You must not be distracted by them, for at the center of the room is a naked young woman slathered in blood and bound by strips of human sinew, comma, and you would be better off not knowing what will happen if you take your eyes off of her face for even a moment. Focus on her and ask, what were they when they were one? She will look you in the eye. The eye. Because you only have one. She will look you in the eye and speak the answer in incredible detail. It will be unlike anything you have ever heard, leading you on the verge of both ecstasy and agony. What's it all about? It's not your focus break comma and you must take special care not to look upon her tattooed chest oh, but you know that's when they tell you not to do that that's the first thing you freaking do don't think about an elephant on a balloon see see your mind will tempt you to gaze upon it but you must resist for if you fail she will flay you alive and add your mutilated flesh to her bindings comma and you will remain trapped with her fully conscious for the rest of time that tattoo is object 4 of 538 they desire to be one again but they mustn't mustn't i got a tattoo and some other, but serious this old lady's starting to stank i she's stanking
She's not too stanky yet. Ugh. The holder of light. In any city, in any country, go to any mental institution or halfway house you can get yourself to. The most swinging mental institution you could ever belong to. When you reach the front door, close your eyes and ask to visit someone who calls himself the holder of light. You will be led to a single door, leading to a long and winding hallway, comma, and then told to open your eyes. Open the door. The hallway beyond it will be pitch black, but narrow enough for you to feel the walls with outstretched arms, comma, and guide yourself forward. Oh, these are terrible dreams. I've had them before. If... At any point during your trek down the hall, it is suddenly bathed in light. Shut your eyes immediately and quickly make your way back to the door you came in through. If your eyes stay open for more than a second, what you see will force you to instinctively tear them out. Oh, God, how do I keep fighting myself in these situations where I'm tearing out my eyes and dragging old ladies around? If, on the other hand, I have one, another, and now there's the other... How many hands do I have in this universe? If no light escapes the next room, then carefully turn the doorknob and enter. The room beyond will be completely dark, aside from a single, dimly lit candle at its center. The faint light it emits will reveal the outline of a cloaked, motionless figure huddled over it. There is only one question that he will respond to. What can protect us from them? Say anything else, comma, and the man will terrorize, comma, and force you to take his place under the cloak for the rest of eternity. Ugh. I hope he's not gassy. If you ask the proper question, a piercing scream will ring out from the candle, comma, and a series of lights will illuminate the room, revealing images of the most horrifying thoughts, fantasies, and memories experienced by sentient minds throughout history. Stuff like too many puppies dead in a cup with people pooping on them, and vomit artist Lady Gaga. <laughs> Most people cannot handle the new American horror story, turning violently insane or perishing instantly at the sight of such terrible acting and horrors. If you should somehow manage to survive the ordeal, the cloaked man will rise slowly and put his hands to your head, turning your gaze to meet his youthful face stared directly into his empty, gaping eye sockets. For if you look away for that terrible sight, you will be stranded in this room forever forgotten by... Time itself. Do not turn to look as he opens your right hand, comma, and places a small round object upon your palm. Oh, he's got no eyes. He doesn't know what he's putting in your palm. What the oh, as that object touches your hand, you will find yourself able to ignore even the most fearsome agonies unless you are in the process of obtaining another object. For the pains you feel then are far beyond any worldly suffering. 
Know that even this newfound power will never help you cope with the horrifying images you have witnessed in that room. They will be burned into your memory for all eternity. The eye you hold in your hand. Oh, God, it's a fucking eye. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I don't want to be touching dead shit. Uh, okay. <sighs> Panic attack, go away. Yes. Okay. The eye you hold in your hand is object 5 of 538. The awakening has begun. They must not be brought together. Thank you violently and unexpectedly for listening to the Creepy Podcast episode 3 with Jason Nevermind and TJ4 I am with special guest Barter Vlad the Inhaler You all come back now you hear